Liz Rao definitely has a quirky sense of humor. She's an author and now a podcast host. But recently, she's undergone a major change in her life. VSG Bariatric Surgery. Now she's on a journey to discover health and happiness. Join her as she navigates this new world. This is Life with Liz. Happy, happy Monday, everyone. If you listen to this podcast the day that it drops, if not, just a happy good day to you, sir or madam. So before we get started, please open up the app of whatever it is you're listening to this podcast on and hit subscribe. And you know what? Maybe even like a five-star rating. That would be so appreciated. It helps me continue this podcast, helps my ratings, and honestly, it helps me get sponsors for you all for this podcast. So as you know, my favorite sponsor is the one I use daily, which is Orgain. And at Orgain, I get 30% off for you. So use my promo code LizRow30 at Orgain.com and get 30% off any of the clean nutrition and protein that you want that's available. So as you all know, I love the shakes. And this morning I had, I took the vanilla bean. That's probably my favorite. And then I took some strawberries. I took my silk protein milk, which is cashew and almond milk. And it's 10 grams of protein per cup. So it's a great way if you're vegetarian or dairy-free to get some extra protein. And then I put in one scoop of almond powder. So you know you can do like uh, powdered peanut butter. Well, I don't like peanut butter, so but I do like almond butter. So I put in just one scoop of that. It calls for two, but one is enough for me. And it's like 38 grams of protein for this one shake that I make. So Excellent, excellent source of clean, dairy-free nutrition, plant-based. They do have a grass-fed whey protein as well if you prefer whey protein. But check it out. It's worth it. Anyway, continuing on with today's session. So I've missed you guys. I think about my podcast all week long and what I want to talk about and what's real. And as I watch, you know, my Facebook communities, I'm in several of them now, for bariatric communities, as well as when I watch my Instagram account, I think about things that I feel like people need to talk about or things that you should know prior going into this. If you're still in the research mode, or even if you're five years out, there are things that are important to know and to realize. So I wanted to talk about some things like that I did prior to my surgery to change my habits because I'm so tired of seeing everyone in like this competition mode with bariatric surgery. I cannot stress it enough. Every single body is different. We are. Like you and I could have surgery the same day and we're not going to lose weight at the same time, same rate, same place. Like it's just... It's not going to happen. So get the competition thing out of your mind because a big part of this journey is rebuilding your confidence and your self-esteem. And it's about you. It's not about the others in the community with you. You know what I mean? Like we lift each other up, but you shouldn't be in competition. Like buck up, buck up. That's what I'm going to say. All right. So, and excuse me, while I'm podcasting, I'm drinking coffee because it's early and, uh, you know, I can. So let me make that slurp real loud for you. 
the first thing I, I did going into this is I started making my diet changes as I went through the class. So you'll go through these nutrition classes and it's all about like mindful eating, which was I think kind of my favorite class. And here's what I'm going to say. Make your changes sooner than later. Because if you wait to go through surgery to change your eating and lifestyle habits, you're going to have a hard time. You just are. And you're probably not going to succeed. I mean, statistics show that if you're willing to change your diet ahead of surgery, you're more likely to continue it post-surgery. So think about that because I had the sleeve, and the sleeve is a very serious procedure. Even though you recover very, very quickly, um, your doctor's going to prescribe a special pre-op diet for you that you should start one to two weeks per surgery, depending on who your doctor is. You know, I did all liquids for seven days. I never had to do, like, clear only or anything. It just had to be liquids. So I just drank my protein shakes. I drink three organ protein shakes a day. And I would take a can of Amy's soup because I like um, vegan clean soups, if you haven't figured that out yet. But I would take her soups and cook them on the stove and then strain out all of the guts and just drink the broth. But that way I had like a tasty, yummy broth and not like a box of vegetable broth that has no flavor in it whatsoever. And no matter what you put in it, it's still not going to have any flavor. Hate to break it to you. So those are made for stocks for soup. They're not made to just drink out of the box. So do what I did. Get a box or a can of soup and strain the guts and you're going to appreciate it. It can't be a cream soup. That was like my one like, oh God, can't I just have a creamy like butternut squash soup? Nope. Uh, Because the point of that liquid diet in that pre-op diet is to get your liver to shrink. Um, you have to lower the size because it's also going to, one, help you with weight loss, but two, it helps them in surgery because if your liver is too big, they can't do the surgery. I don't know if anyone told you that, but I'm here to tell you if you don't take it seriously and your liver has not shrunk, they will open you up, see that you didn't change your um, lifestyle or follow the pre-op diet, and they will close you back up. So, that's probably not covered by insurance either. The second thing you have to really do ahead of surgery is change your grocery list and change your habits, change your shopping habits. You know, someone taught me a long time ago to only shop the perimeter because that's where your fresh veggies are. That's where your meat is. If you're, um, you know, a uh, carnivore, is that the right word? And it's where your fish is. It's where your dairy is. It's where all your nutrients are from. Everything in the aisle, if you really think about it, is processed. Uh, Processed white sugar, processed flour, processed pasta, overly processed rice even. So sugary cereal, um, you know, soda, all that stuff you don't need. And that's all in the aisles. So really think about it because if you were in Europe, for example, and you wanted to go to a market, it would be a market that is only selling fresh nutrients. Um, You know, I got married in France. I talk about this all the time because it was way cheaper than hosting a wedding in America and having to invite people who I don't even see on a regular basis. And we would just walk to, I was in Epernay, which if you don't know where that is, that is Champagne, France. And we'd walk to a little market because we stayed in this um, this, uh, Michel Gonnet winery who makes um, champagne, obviously, 
they have like a tasting house, but you can rent like the upstairs rooms. So they gave us a whole room and there was a little kitchenette and it was cheaper than our Paris hotel was. So consider that folks. And so we'd walk to this little market and they had like homemade French truffle mustard and meats and cheeses and baguettes of bread and it was all freshly made right there in Epernay and it was different it was just it was healthier it was cleaner it wasn't overly processed they didn't have like aisles and aisles and aisles of processed sugary chips and soda and none of that was there so and they walk everywhere by the way in Europe so that you know kind of like re instilled that shop fresh eat fresh shop the perimeter kind of mentality in me. Um, But you're going to want to make sure ahead of your surgery, you kind of change that habit and make sure you have ingredients to make protein-rich, low-sugar meals um, before and after surgery as well. So you're going to need those things. And I recommend testing the market because you'll see a lot of people who are like, oh, I love Premier Protein. Well, they like it because it's 30 grams of Um, protein in one little shake and they can get half their protein done that way but you can't live off of the pre-made shakes forever like it's not changing your habits it's not teaching you to um to shop well eat well cook well it's kind of like a like a quick cheat and again somewhat processed right so I like my organ shakes but I like to use the powders and make my own and control what goes into it which is fine totally fine but you really like need to lay off the process shakes, I guess is what I'm getting to. So that's tip number two. Change your grocery list and change it early on. And if your family, if you have a family or a husband, get them on board with you because having their support is going to help you immensely. So the third thing you should know before going to surgery is ensure your wardrobe is suitable because you need something that you can easily get on and off going into the hospital. I took like this sweatpant um, knit jumpsuit from Target. And, you know, I think I paid 20 bucks for it. And I just wore the same thing to and from the hospital. And it was wonderful because it was so comfy. It was baggy. Nothing was tight on me. And it was exactly what I needed. A lot of people will also do a dress. I wanted something with pants because I'm forever cold. But... You know, make sure you have really comfortable loose clothing, especially for the first two weeks after surgery, because the most painful part of the entire surgery is the gas that they pump you up with. And it's not digestive gas. You'll see a lot of people say, like, don't use, or um, you'll see a lot of people who are like, get the gas strips. It helps so much. Like, keep in mind, this is not digestive gas. This is a, like air, basically, that they pump into you. And the only real way to get your body to start expelling it is to walk. Walk, 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 walk. And that's also going to help you heal faster as well. So just keep that in mind and, and make sure you have good, easy, loose clothing. You know, I, I wore my slip-on slippers all around the house because I didn't want to have to, like, bend over and untie anything. And, again, it wasn't because my stomach was in pain. It was, it's all that gas that's in you. Um, and then do a little pre-shop for some transition clothing. So most of your... Uh, bariatric boards and communities like you'll find people who are always willing to donate clothes you know I donated like a good third no probably half half my wardrobe actually to other members of the bariatric group because I didn't want to just throw it away and I wanted to make sure it went to someone who could I knew could use it who was going through the same journey 
But I had a couple of pieces that I knew would get me through several stages. Like those old navy cotton dresses. You can wear those through many sizes because they're so stretchy and just loose and totally fine. I have, like, you know, sweatpants and sweatshirts and things, which luckily, you know, I, I got to go through this through COVID and quarantine, so I never leave my house anyway. I could wear underwear and, like, tall socks all day, and nobody would know. But have something, have some goal outfits, too. Like, I bought a couple of pairs of jeans ahead of time that I would try on and not fit in and try on and not fit in, and then one day, like, magically, they zipped up, and it just makes you feel good and makes you kind of reminds you why you're on the journey and keeps you on track. But definitely have some transition pieces that will fit you at the various stages because you don't truly know how much you're going to lose or how quickly. I lost 35 pounds super, super quick in the first month, but my sizes didn't go down because my levels didn't adjust. So it took me a long time to really go down a couple of pant sizes. Um, rule number four, you should follow pre-surgery. If you're a smoker, quit smoking at least one month before surgery, it's not going to help you recover whatsoever. And it actually increases the risk of surgery if you're a smoker. I feel like that's common sense, but I don't smoke, so I don't really know how it feels for you. But I would recommend quitting smoking and probably just never going back. It's it's not good for you altogether, but it's not going to help you recover either. Because think about how much you have to put exercise into your routine, and you're going to have trouble breathing. And that goes for you potheads out there as well. Talking to you, Colorado. So everywhere I go, people are high all the time. I was just at Home Depot and I was getting some paint and some stain, like varnish, you know. I like I like a good house project. What can I say? And I'm in this aisle and it just reeks of pot. And I know it's this one dude in front of me. And I'm like, oh my God, it smells like a skunk. It's just not a cute look. It's just not. Eat a gummy bear. Why do you have to smell like a trash bag? Ugh, I digress. Anyway, um, tip number five, prepare your hospital bag and really think about it ahead of time. Don't take a giant suitcase. You don't need it. Take like an a tote bag, you'll be fine. Because if you're wearing the same outfit to and from, which I recommend, because you really don't give a shit what you look like when you leave. Trust me. But um, yeah, I took some face wash because I never miss that. I took a toothbrush, toothpaste, uh, a hairbrush. I took my iPad because I knew I wouldn't be able to sleep and I was right. So I watched Bravo TV all night. And oh, I took makeup wipes, which I don't recommend... Um, on a daily basis for cleaning your face off or or cleaning your makeup off because they don't actually clean your face and they actually can create little tears in your skin. Fun fact. But because I knew I wouldn't want to get up all the time out of bed, they were perfect because it would allow me to like kind of like clean and wipe my face. And you come out of surgery with all this sticky stuff on you and you'll find it for days um, from all the tape and the tubes and stuff. But um, for the hospital, makeup wipes were great because Obviously, you're not taking your makeup off. You're not even allowed to wear nail polish into surgery. But it made me feel refreshed while I was in my bed. But on a normal basis, I'm telling you right now, do not use a makeup wipe. Get yourself a cleansing oil and treat your skin better. Um, but yeah, prepare your hospital bag. Sorry, tangent. There are lots and lots of videos out there of things that you should pack. I had a nightgown with me because I refused to wear their little paper bag nightgown. And it was much more comfortable. I had a um, just a really comfy robe with me too, if memory serves. 
But long story short, keep your stuff, uh, keep it light, keep it tight. You're not going to use 90% of whatever you take. So really think about what you actually need versus what you think you want. Uh, tip number six, find a support group. If your hospital doesn't have one, find me on Instagram and I'll introduce you to one. There are so many support groups out there, so many bariatric Facebook groups that will allow you to join. My hospital one is only for the patients that went through their particular program, but there are tons of them out there that you can join and have a community. I will say don't treat them like a research group. It's rude. Don't ask them what the difference is between surgeries. Like, do a little research yourself. Google it. It's not hard. But the one thing that I think fed kind of like it festers negativity upon the group because we're not doctors. So, and I've seen it in multiple boards where someone will be like, what's the difference between, oh, as an example, RNY and duodenal switch? That's not your community support's job to educate you. That's your own responsibility. Google it. It's not hard. It's going to be the first thing that pops up. The community is there to support you when you're having bad days or if you need recipes or if you're looking for clothing to donate or to be the donate tea. Um, you know, we're not there. We're not doctors. We're there to tell you about our journeys and help you go through yours, but you do have to be responsible for some of your own research. And, you know, Google is a wonderful thing. So tip number seven, make sure your insurance can cover it. And if not, make sure you've, you're saving up your money. A lot of people will go to Mexico, totally fine. There's a great bariatric center in Tijuana, and it's like $4,800, I want to say, but they still have program requirements to meet. So make sure you really educate yourself on what your program is, what it's going to cost. Save your pennies for afterwards as well because there are expenses afterwards that you don't realize you're going to have. Besides new clothing, you realize, oh, I need different um, different vitamins. These ones make me ill. Or I need different protein shakes. I can no, I no longer like this one. or Because your, your taste buds change after surgery too. Nobody tells you about that. They totally change. Everything tastes metallic for about three weeks. And um, but there's a lot of a lot more expenses than you realize. Like I went through four different calcium vitamins to find one that didn't make me ill. And I ended up having to go with a gummy. And a lot of people are like, oh, you can't do gummy. It has sugar in it, or it has sugar alcohol, or whatever. Um, my tests were perfect, and my calcium has a vitamin D in it. And he said he'd never seen perfect vitamin D test results before. So booyah, I was fine. Listen to your body, rule number one. But uh, yeah, make sure that you have your financed financing arranged. And then be prepared if you're covered by insurance for your hospital to balance bill your insurance company and then for them to send you a bill. So hospitals will do this. They'll try to squeeze every single dime out of an insurance company they can, and then they'll send you the remainder of the bill. That is um, uh, underhanded. I'm going to say, and incorrect. They cannot balance bill your insurance because your program and your hospital have agreed upon a contracted term with the insurance company on what they will and won't pay for. So be prepared for that because they sent me like a $10,000 bill and I was livid and I called my doctor and I said, I'm not getting you anywhere. I'm not getting any help. And he told me exactly how to talk to them and get that shit waived. So be prepared. Be prepared for consequences of insurance as well. Um, 
Tip number eight, prepare to make your life easier. Get your prescriptions as early as possible. Make sure your house is cleaned before surgery, your laundry is done, you have ready-made meals. You know, a lot of people will get those little like two ounce cups that you can just order off of Amazon for like a hundred for like five dollars and have pre-made liquids poured out on a tray in their fridge. And then when they're ready, they'll just pull out a cup and drink it. And it will take you like 45 minutes to drink that two ounces post-surgery, by the way. I did not. I was already at home. I was on furlough. I just poured my little shake into the cup, but I had my cups, so they were measured and I knew what I was drinking. But make sure all of your stuff is done ahead of time. I froze uh, purees ahead of time and things like that just because I I didn't want to overexert myself while I was recovering because you'll start moving um, around two weeks. You'll want to move more and more and more, but your stomach is still swollen. You're still not completely healed. You can't lift anything over 10 pounds, which my cat is over 10 pounds, by the way. So that, that was a bummer. She uh, really didn't like that. But uh, yeah, you just want to make sure you're prepared and really listen to your doctor, listen to the routines. He'll tell you, you can start walking at two weeks, but you can't physically exercise until six weeks. You can't exert yourself, lift weights, any of that stuff until six weeks. And that's because your stomach is swollen and healing and you have staples in you. So give your body time to heal. Uh, number nine, know your facts. Know the details of your surgery. Ask questions. Make a list. when So when you go into your pre-op, you can just go down the list. I actually took my husband with me because I knew he would think of things I wouldn't. And I wanted him to know the details because he he's my support system, right? So I'm in Colorado. My family's in Missouri. I have no one else here but my husband because I travel for a living. So I really don't have... Um, a lot of friends in Colorado, you know, they're all kind of my husband's friends. So I wanted him with me to, to know the facts, to ask questions that I maybe wouldn't think of, you know, he's kind of a hypochondriac. So he's really good at that stuff. And I'm kind of like, eh, go with the flow. I'm so impulsive. And he's, he thinks everything through. So um, if it's easier for you, your pre-op, take someone with you, but make a list of questions. Find out what it is you truly want to know. Your doctor's heard it all, so it's not like you can really embarrass him, and you shouldn't be embarrassed to ask questions. This is your body, your life. So know your facts. Do your research. Reduce any fear or anxiety. I mean, I was, like, excited to go into surgery. My parents and my husband were nervous. I'm pulling into the hospital. My husband's like, we can turn around. I'm like, no, then we have to pay for it. He's like, it's just money, But uh, which is the only time my semi-wannabe Jewish husband. His his father was Jewish, but he only pulls out that card when it comes to money. And um, it's the only time he was like, oh, we could waste $34,000, you know. But um, just the more you know, the calmer you're going to be going into surgery. And tip number 10, start doing this Way before surgery, get yourself in the habit, but protein, protein, protein. You need to eat a lot of protein after surgery. You're not going to get 60 grams right away. It's going to take a while to build up to that because your body can literally only take so much. But there is, um, you know, you can get like an isotope protein that's flavorless that you can stir into broth and tea and, and things like that. I did not do that. I just waited for my body to naturally be able to handle it and drank my organ shakes but and my broth. So by the time I got to like soft foods where I could do like deviled eggs, 
I was hitting my protein. So it took me like, I don't know, three, four weeks. But um, you're not going to hit it right away. The most important thing is hydration. Hydration, hydration, hydration. Because that will keep your body in check while you're healing. It'll help you heal faster. It'll help with the disease, which will just stay for a while. You got to just accept it. Um, And when you get dizzy, just stop, take a deep breath. It goes away very quickly. But learn how to add in protein to your diet in a variety of ways well ahead of surgery. Um, You know, you have legumes, you have chicken, meats, shakes, uh, beans, peanut butter. Um, I made this like edamame mousse. Oh, they're so good. And I made a cauliflower tofu mousse. Those were like lifesavers. Those were things I pre-made and just put in the freezer. And the recipes are still on my blog at lizraofficial.com. You know, I, I love tofu. And if you take a soft tofu, it whips really well into a mousse. So I would cook that edamame and then throw it into a blender with the soft tofu and a little bit of water. Um, I might might have used broth. I can't quite remember. I want to say just water, though. And I had those pre-made, pre-measured, and frozen so I could just take it out the night before and eat that for breakfast. When I got to pureed foods, oh, baby, life was altered. When you don't eat for three weeks and you're only on liquids and then you get to eat like a pureed uh, ricotta bake, and mine was a dairy-free ricotta, oh, so good. It just changes your life instantly. And then you're full after a bite. So again, it still takes you an hour to eat that little three-ounce thing of ricotta bake. But prepare your protein ahead of time and get used to eating protein ahead of time. You know, make sure every meal is protein-focused. I did have like a food funeral where there was one weekend where we ordered like falafels, which are my kryptonite. Um, We ordered G&B fish and chips. And if you're in Colorado, there's three or four locations, but it's genuine English pub-style chips, fish and chips. It's amazing and wonderful, and I do miss it, but I haven't had it in seven months because I'm behaved. And, you know, it's okay to kind of have your morning of crappy foods, but don't do it every weekend prior to surgery, you know what I mean? Like, get in the habit of having your protein first, then some vegetables, and get in the habit of cutting out carbs because it's not that carbs are bad, it's just that they're very filling. So if you're someone who likes bread, like me... If I had a choice between a piece of salmon and bread, I'd want to eat the bread all day long. And then I'm not getting any nutrients. So start to balance everything ahead of time. And the hardest thing for me, I think, post-surgery was not drinking liquid while I was eating because that is such a habit. So the sooner you can break that habit, the better you will be post-surgery because that's a really, really hard habit. All right, guys. That's what I know. That's what I got. Um definitely follow me on Instagram over this next week because I am headed to Mexico for work before any of you all get all angry and send me unkind DMs because that's not really nice for the record. I'm going for work to talk about the new CDC health guidelines on social media, but on my personal Liz Rao social media, I will be posting all the fun stuff I'm doing while I'm down there too. So definitely... Um, live vicariously through me until we can all travel again and uh, ask me some questions why I'm in destination and traveling and what it's like eating while traveling because it's not something I'm used to anymore. So talk to you soon and uh, keep it real, y'all.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Life with Liz.